exploring faith journeys and sharing inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, you are listening to The Cumberland Road. I am your host, T.J. Melanoski. Reverend Kathy Lofton serves as an associate minister at the Covenant Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Ada, Oklahoma. In our conversation, Kathy shares how important it is to create time and space to connect with God. She says it is through the pain and mistakes, frailties, struggles, and hard times that we need this connection. It is a connection with both God and with one another. You are listening to the Cumberland Road Podcast, and here is my conversation with Kathy Lofton. Hello, Kathy Lofton. It's nice to meet you. It's nice to be with you and nice to see you. Well, Kathy, share with me where you're serving in Oklahoma and your role in ministry. I am currently serving in Ada, Oklahoma. I'm associate pastor at Covenant Cumberland Presbyterian Church here. And my senior pastor is Reverend Dewan Mearns, who is currently the moderator of our General Assembly. I have been uh, on staff here since April of 2020. Uh, I was ordained in October of 2020. And I've been serving as, I've been in this church actually for 15 years. And so, of course, it's been a journey to get to this spot. Never dreamed when we joined here that I would ever, ever be a pastor. So, you know, God has, God has done some forming uh, in this, in this path. Um, I am the worship leader, and we do some traditional worship. We also do some contemporary music. And so I was reared uh, in the more traditional worship, especially music. And so I have fallen in love with some of the contemporary music. Uh, one way that I've done that is, is I have a good friend here who just loves contemporary music. And sometimes we meet at her house and her daughter will meet, join us. And sometimes some other people will join us. And we just, man, she'll just put a set of music together and we'll just worship God. We just, we just forget that the world is turning and we just sing and pray and we even uh, do communion together. And so that's been a blessing to me to get to know some of these, the new songs and you know, I, I learned a long time ago that worship is not about us. It's about us connecting and worshiping our great God. So it's any time that we have to, as a body of Christ, and it, and it doesn't have to be a bunch. It can just be two people together. He's there in the midst of us. So we stop in the busyness and we connect with him and we can dance together and we can laugh together and and cry together in that communion, that holy communion is there with us, Father, Son, and Spirit. So, and also I'm getting opportunities to preach uh, at our church while Dewan is serving as moderator and traveling around and, and meeting with some of the presbyteries and some of the churches in our denomination. Uh, we're currently doing a sermon series during Lent uh, that is the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters two and three. And so I'm always challenged to bring a fresh word over God's people using this ancient text. Um, and just us together as a church learning to be disciples in a broken world. Um, that, and, you know, this world calls to us every day and tries to lure us away from, from our connection with God. And, and so I think church is just learning to connect to life and wholeness that's found in, in Christ. 
What is the most important aspect of worship to you? What speaks to you the most in terms of worship? That is a good question. I always, when I get here, when I get here at the church early, um, there's a there's someone here at our church that gets here before even before I do, and I and I and I get here early, and and Dewan even gets here earlier than I do, but the lights are down in the sanctuary except for this spotlight that is on the altar, and I come in knowing that the Holy Spirit is always. He's already there. The Holy Spirit has already prepared the way. So I think the most important word aspect of worship is just being able to connect with the Holy Spirit that is work that is in the room, that is working through God's people. And just the sense that God is with us, He's among us. And so that's the most precious thing. And, and sometimes, sometimes you realize that through a scripture sometimes it might be a prayer sometimes it might just be a word from the song or just an emotion that comes through that the, just the act of worship or lifting your hands so I think the Holy Spirit is the thing that connects us and is most precious to me remaining on this kind of worship theme that we're talking about. Kathy, do you think that, does worship have a beginning and does it have an ending? No. I mean, you think of, I mean, it went, it started that, that we can see that the first evidence that we have is, is just back in Genesis where the spirit was hovering over the waters and and God created, he spoke, he spoke. And, and so we joined in, that's where mm. creation started joining in with this, with this communion with God. And then he enters into, you know, he creates, he creates everything that we see and, and, and then he creates human beings and we're created for worship. And that brings us to, I mean, here we are in 2022 and we're invited, we're invited to the dance to, to worship with God. So, and then as we leave as a church, you know, we gather as a church and that's beautiful, you know, with all the, I don't know, you know, there's so many negative things about the church these days that are spoken, but the church is a unique and a beautiful creation by God. That is Christ is our head. And as we gather together as a, as a body of believers, we, we are connected to him in a way that hopefully we can go out the doors and the worship continues and we can, we can take his presence wherever we go, no matter whether we're going to work, no, no matter where we're going, he's a part of that. So no, I don't think there's a beginning <laughs> and there's not, and he's the beginning and how do we explain that? <laughs> you said something very powerful about um, the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters and God spoke things into being. When did you first hear God speak to you? I remember TJ as a child walk, walking in the pasture. I grew up on a farm, an 80-acre farm, and in fact, I live there right now, today. Um, God's brought us back to that area, but I remember just walking through the pastures, the deep grass, sitting on the pond dam, walking down to the creek, sitting on the rocks. I just felt that there was a presence with me. I was not alone even though I might be out there by myself and my parents might not know where I am. My family may not know where I am, but I felt like God knew where I was, mm. that he was with me. So I guess out there on the farm is, is when I first felt that presence. 
What does the presence of God, what did it feel like for you at that time on the farm? Good question. I think there's some, where God is, there's going to be some peace that I'm okay, that no matter what's going on, it's okay. Um, there's a safe place um, that I'm connected to something that's bigger than what I can see. Yeah, I mean, that really resonates, I think, with us as human beings. I'm, it's innate. I think that uh, we're in search for those, that type of comfort and assurance, you know, and trying to find it in in different areas. And And that's when I most connect with God is in those quiet moments, in the silence, in the solitude in the times of meditation when I just be still mm -hmm. because we often feel like we need to be doing for God when really we need a balance of doing for God and being with God. And I think we can find some wholeness there in the craziness of this world. <laughs> All right. So you're really putting together kind of a disciplined life. So there's worship and being in the presence and just being that's a hard one in the the life that uh that at least i live i, I can't speak for everyone where being means on the go and being is accomplishment driven or checklist driven so how do you balance that kathy well I'm a workaholic by nature and I love to work. I love to accomplish. Uh, that was just part, that's my family. We grew up and, and you worked, you worked mm -hmm. hard. And so you, you gain a sense of, of worth and uh, accomplishment through that. But the older I, I've become and as I've matured with God and he's led me to some different avenues in my faith journey where I've had, he said, I want us to stop. I want us to stop. I want us to slow down. And it was like, what, you know, am I hearing you right? And, and so I've learned how that I do have to stop and I've learned what my limitations are mm. that I don't have to push. Uh, I can uh, enter into those quiet moments with God. And that's when I'm refreshed. That's when, you know, he, he sings over me. He, um, that's when you enter into the love and you enter into, you know, you can bring him whatever is, whatever that the world has surrounded you with. That's the time you can just meet with the creator of of the universe, the one that chose for you to be born, the one that formed you in your mother's womb and, and just listen, you know, just be quiet and listen. And those are hard times, you know, just being still is, is hard because you think, you know, if you're a workaholic like me, you think, well, I'm wasting my time, but it's, it's not, it's, it's precious time. And I think that's something that is important as, as a disciple of Christ is to make room in our busy lives for connecting with, with the Lord. Yeah. I would almost have to make that an accomplishment, mm -hmm. you know, like something to, to, um, achieve or, you know, carve out a part of my day to be able to do that. Yep. You've I, said you do. It's, it's, you have to, I mean, it's not going to just happen. You have to create, you know, let, you know, some of us are morning people. Some of us are not. Some of us may connect better with God in, at night. And I think whatever works for each, each person, I can't say this is what I do. This is what you should do. Um, that may not work for you. So each of us are unique 
and God knows. In that uniqueness, Kathy, what what is it about this relationship that you have with Christ that you just draw strength from that gives you purpose and meaning? Why keep continuing identifying with Christianity? I thought about that. Um, you know, I thought about the conversation that Jesus had with Peter, the disciples, you know, when some people, Jesus, one of Jesus' teachings had really offended some people and they left. And then Jesus turned to them and he said, are, are you going to leave me too? And wasn't it Peter that said, well, Lord, wh where should we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. We can't get them anywhere else. So I have lived long enough to know that there's nowhere else in this where, where God has placed me on this earth. There's nowhere else that I can gain from the world what I gain from time with him. Mm. I can't get it anywhere else but, but at his feet. Now, would you say that comes just from life experiences? Is it um, the wisdom that you have is, how do you arrive at that place? Oh my goodness. You get there the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm work driven. So, you know, it was like when I, in my younger years, it would be like, okay, God, give me something to do. Give me something to do. And then here I go. And then I'm falling flat on my face uh, <laughs> before too long. And so it's through that, that uh, it's through the painful things. It's through the mess ups. It's through those times of life where you, you realize I can't get through this. I don't think I'm going to be able to get through this. And then you run to God, you run to him. I mean, you just, um, I remember as a teenager, I'm going to digress a little bit. I, I was one of those, I was a preacher's kid. And you've heard all those stories about preacher's kids, TJ. <laughs> well, I was one of those. <laughs> I sowed some wild oats. And I remember one night I had been out doing things I shouldn't have done. And I wrecked the car. And I remember I. You know, I was able to drive home and I got home. My dad was preaching the next morning. I ran down the hall, burst into his bedroom and said, I wrecked the car. And my dad, I think, gave me an example of what the father's really like, that I can just bust in, hmm. in all of my, in all my frailties in my mistakes, in, in the midst of my sin and my struggles. And when life just get, has us down, we can just run in. We can just run to the Father. And so it's those hard times that we start learning, hey, I need, I need this connection. It seems very contrary to we think that, uh, well, I have to get my life right you know, there's some things I need to shed and, and give up and give away or turn away from. Mm. But Kathy, you're saying it's just the opposite. You bring in those frailties and the mistakes and the baggage along with us. Yes. And I, I think for those who may not be connected to the faith per se, mm -hmm. that that's a tall ask. You know, that's counterintuitive. It really is. To just, to just come like you are, you know, the messiness. Uh, uh, you know, when I busted my dad's bedroom, I had, I had alcohol breath on my, you know, and uh, he didn't turn me away and God doesn't. I mean, he, and I think that's, I don't know where we get that because some people are afraid to come into the church. You know, I remember talking to a lady one time and I, about God and she said, well, when, when I get my life right, you know, there's some things that I really don't, uh, that I'm participating in now, and I really don't feel comfortable coming into the church um, until I 
get these things worked out. And, and that's not what the church is about. It, the church is, is a place where we can just come in the way we are and be loved and be accepted and find that shelter, find a place at the table. Oh, the world needs that right now, doesn't it, TJ? Yeah. The world needs to know, hey, this is, this is, our, this is a place for me. And I think we, as a, we can grow as a church discovering that, that, that the world needs a place. The people in the world need a safe haven just to come as they are. And then, then we welcome and let God do the work because he's, it's his, it's his job uh, to, you know, I have learned and I, you know, um, God placed me in jail ministry many years ago. And I thought, well, I'm going to go in the jail and I'm going to teach these ladies how to fix all their problems. And I'm going to give them this message and, you know, they can, you know, you know, their life's going to be all good. And then I, I found out that God works in his way in each life. He knows the story. He knows the whole story. He, and so I love how he just takes each life and all we do is love. We just love, we share Christ's love, we encourage and, and we watch him do the work. And it's amazing what he can do in a life. It's mm. just, so we don't give up on people. And I think a lot of times we want to give up on people because we don't see them making um, the strides that we think they should be making in the church. And so it takes a lot of patience. Yeah. And that's something I've learned as a pastor, <laughs> watching Dewan and, you know, you, you let God work, uh, but we keep coming together. Yeah. I think there's also an unspoken expectation of a return, which is not right, but there's like, Oh, you know, I've spent all this time with you and helped you grow in your faith or make a profession of faith or help you move or, you know, helped you find a job or helped you when you were down and out. And then it was like, I think we expect, well, now will you come to worship with me or now will you join the church or now will you consider being a leader within the church. We have these unspoken expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, and sometimes we, they're, they are vocalized. Yes. And um, I don't know. How do you, how do you address that? How do you avoid falling into kind of that category? And more importantly, how do you avoid um, treating people in that way? I think through my dad's life, it was modeled for me that we just, each one of us does what God has called us to do. And it's to love him and it's to love others. And so there's the, the expectation. It helps when you don't have those expectations <laughs> because, because like I said, God works in his own time right. and he knows <coughs> The thing that I found that I discovered in the jail is God, God knows how far someone can go with him. I don't have the right to look and say, well, you ought to be doing this, or I think you should be by now you should be doing this. Um, God knows what each life has gone through. I'm telling you, there's some people out there with some trauma. There's some people that have grown up in trauma. I've heard stories, TJ, that of life experiences that I, you know, I grew up in this little bubble and I've heard some life stories that I actually didn't know human beings had to live through. Mm. And, but each life is precious. And God knows, he knows each one. And like I said, I, he knows how far each person can go with him. And 
I remember saying in Sunday school one time that that person behind bars might be closer to God than I am. I mean, maybe I might be there sharing God's word with them and I might be um, sharing some hope with them and encouraging them. But I've met a lot of Christian women in jails and the prisons. Mm. And had I grown up just like they had, I could be right where they are. And they might be hanging on to God with everything they have. And maybe I'm not so much. So we have to let go and let God do his, let God be God in people's lives. Well, you said something earlier that uh, intrigued me. Uh, you are a preacher's kid. And what prevented you from rebelling against God or, you know, typically, I, I guess, ultimately, you did fall into this category. You know, typically, a preacher's kid ends up, and I'm stereotyping here for, for those of you who are uh, children of ministers, but typically, you know, you run away or you end up becoming a minister, you know, of yourself. So, you know, take me back to the teenage Kathy and the relationship that you had with God there and how you arrived to where you are today. I felt, I think in my earlier years, I always felt God was a distant God. You know, he was holy and I was just me, plain Kathy. <laughs> um, and although I knew he was there, I really didn't discover how he enters in personally and, and so intimately into our lives until my 30s. And I started some in-depth Bible studies during my 30s. You know, I was, we were having kids, we have two children, two grown children, beautiful kids that make the world a better place, my husband and I. Um, but it was in those in-depth Bible studies that changed my life. I mean, these were Bible studies that where you spent, you know, you spend 30 minutes to an hour every day just digging in scripture and answering questions. And, and, and then we would come together. I, I did it mainly with ladies and we would uh, come together and maybe watch a video and then talk about scripture. And man, that was so, that was uh that was new and exciting to me. Um, and I discovered that, you know, even though I'd grown up in the church and I knew all the scriptures and I knew some, you know, I could quote you some scriptures, but I didn't have that closeness, that closeness with God. And that's when that started developing. I remember doing a Bible study about the tabernacle and it told about the aspects of the old tabernacle that we see in the picture of in the Old Testament and you know, the lampstands and the, where they burned the incense. And then you had the curtain with the Holy of Holies. And I remember towards the end of that Bible study, it talked about how Christ had come and, and, and that veil was rent in two. And, you know, and I remember coming out of that study thinking, God, I want to go into your Holy of Holies. I want to know that closeness with you but TJ I didn't realize what that would cost I didn't realize when you get serious with God he gets serious with you mm. when when your heart turns towards him then the, and in my own life I felt like there was some things I had to deal with there was some things as I was growing up this baggage that I had accumulated that that when I wanted to come before Holy God, when we want to come before Holy God, we can come as we are, but he, want, he does something with us. <laughs> We're changed in his presence. So I come, as I entered into scripture and learning more, um, we had to deal, we had to deal with some stuff. And so as I was growing and as I was doing these Bible studies and I did one that was called Believing God by Beth Moore. And it was about faith. It was all about faith. And right after that's when my dad had his stroke 
um, my dad had been a pastor, you know, for years and also a businessman. He was a bivocational pastor. And, and I thought, what is faith? What is faith? I mean, do I have to pray a prayer a certain way for my dad to be healed? And I just, that's when I started having to exercise and think through what is this faith and what does it look like in action? What is my part in it? What's God's part in it? And so, you know, you, that's where you just run and you struggle with, with the questions and, you know, it's, this discipleship's not all smooth and all the answers are going to be there. And, and every, the path is always going to be, it's not always going to be clear. Uh, and right. that's what I've discovered. And you wrestle that through with God. And it, it is a, it's a beautiful and a terrifying journey of faith where we're, where we're navigating this with God. And after that, um, my husband and I, you know, we started uh, having some marital issues and we dealt with some things from our past, both of our past. And we did some soul searching and some struggling and finding victory and struggling. And, and that's when during those times I started journaling. And I started doing some, I started turning Psalms into prayers. I wouldn't make them my own prayers. Mm. And I, I, I still have some of those journals and I look back at them and one day I'm fine. I'm fine. And the next day I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm just crying out to God. And then the next day, I, you know, a couple, I might rock on pretty good. And then I'm struggling again. And so I, one thing that I, another thing that I, discovered that was very powerful is memorizing scripture during that time because hmm. i'm telling you we were there were some things that we were wrestling against you might call it the enemy you might call it the devil you might call it you know just things from your own self uh fears but i i just i discovered how powerful the word of god is and it it changed how i it changed my faith. It changed how we exercise faith. Whew. And um, I've often said that this journey of faith, it's a ride. I mean, <laughs> Disney World doesn't have anything on God's journey of faith. You never know where he's going to take you. I mean, when you, when you surrender to, to God, to, when, you just, when you just give it up, and you never know where he's going to take you. As you're becoming aware of, of uh, this, this uh, closeness in this ride, you know, you alluded to it. There's a risk. I mean, was there any point where you um, wanted to resist and and back away, or were you just drawn to this desire for this closeness and intimacy even more? I think the cool thing about God. And how he's worked in my life and how I see him working in other people's lives is, is, is he doesn't bring it all at once. Hmm. Like he doesn't see us as this broken child and that we have to just be fixed all at once. So in my journey, we deal and we still deal. God and I are dealing with things in my life. One step at a time. If I had known at the time, the day that I laid it all out and I said, I want to go, I'm in, oh man, God, if I had known where, where I was going to go from that point to where I am now, and I had seen that with my eyes, there's no way, there's no way that I, I would have ever humanly thought that we could get here. But God takes a step by step by step, and he's right there. He's right there with us. Uh, Nothing can take us out of his hand. Um, and so it's discovering that through the journey that he's going to be there. I mean, because sometimes you turn around and you think, where are you? Where are you, God? Um, and, and so he, you don't always feel that closeness. There's those, there's those dry times. There's not always the time where you're on, you're on the mountaintop. Um, but, but you learn as you journey that he is there even when it doesn't feel like he's there. Yeah. And I, and I like how you said, you know, 
working on us, healing us kind of one piece at a time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's brought me to new levels of faith just during, during Lent. During Lent. I mean, what a wonderful time just to be real with God, right. just to confess, just to say, just to sit with God and say, okay, show me. Just show me, God, what, what is it that we need to do right now? Yeah. What is it, God, that, uh, that is in my life that might not be edifying to you? And, whoa, here we are. And, but, but we as a, as a body of believers, we as disciples of Christ, we know the end of the story. We know the empty tomb. We know that there's victory there. So we're working as we're journeying with Christ, we're work, we're journeying from the victory. Okay. There's a victory already fought. It's already won, but yet we're claiming it along the way. Yeah. As you know, we're claiming those victories there. He is, uh, but, but he's working them through us. (laughs) I wish that uh, people could see as we're talking I can, you're just becoming more and more animated as you, as we get further into our conversation. So Kathy, you bring a rawness and, and authenticity and excitement to our conversation. How, how did you enter into the ministry? So we were talking earlier about, um, you were doing some in-depth Bible study and how that was speaking to you, uh, kind of walk me through how you entered into the ordained ministry. Well, I was an elementary school teacher for 21 years. I had just gotten my master's in administration, planned to retire from teaching as a principal, had it all figured out. And after we went through some of those hard things, those, uh, those life, um, those hard life experiences. And the thing that I've seen in other people's lives is those are the times that God helps us get out of our routine. He helps us to look past what maybe we might be doing right there. Mm. And so I, when I started getting seeking, really seeking God, he said, I want you to quit your job. And it was like, what? Um, and so I, I spent several years and I did, I quit teaching, I quit teaching school. And that was one of the hardest things I ever did because I love to work. Well, okay. So pause right there for a moment. So you just finished your continuing education with a career plan to become a principal and then presto you quit. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, I felt, I felt, you know, the, you feel the voice, you feel the urge, you feel, uh, you know, God doesn't audibly speak to us. It would be helpful if he would, <laughs> uh, it would be helpful if he could just send me an email, um, and line me out. But, you know, I felt the spirit's nudge that maybe I wasn't where I should be. And so I talked to my husband who I thought would say what, and he was supportive. He was supportive. And so <laughs> that's funny. You wanted to be talked out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I quit. I, I decided and then I put in my notice and and I quit. And it was very, very difficult because you don't know how tied you are into work, the, the pace of the world, of mm. the work world. And so taking my hands off of that was so now, such a so let me humbling thing. let me interrupt you. So you quit with the plan of entering ministry, or you no. quit with just the unknown? All right, the unknown. Okay, the unknown. Just quit, and then for several years. So I quit my job in uh, 2005, I believe it was, um, and I stayed at home for a little while. Um, I, I worked some part-time at a call at the college here. Um, and then I ended up in a dentist office. Um, 
doing something that I never, ever dreamed I'd do. I had a grand time there. Um, but always feeling this, this, that I wasn't where I needed to be, you mm -hmm. know? And so in 2015, I'm elected as a delegate to General Assembly and go to Columbia. And there was a worship night there. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. He was a missionary to Columbia. He was preaching that night. So he was preaching in English. The No, 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 no. That's not right. His name's Lynn. What's his last name? Uh, Lynn Thomas. Yes, Lynn Thomas. Okay. The Colombian minister was preaching in Spanish. Lynn Thomas was translating in English. And I'll tell you, it was powerful. It was the one about um, the wheel, the fields are white to harvest. And so I'm sitting there and the spirit of the Lord is just all over me. And I'm, I'm feeling this, this, this calling. And, and so the invitation comes and I, I'm just racing up to the, the altar. And I just feel like that everybody in the whole building is going to be up there because I just, you know, of <laughs> the message. And I get up there and I'm weeping and there's a few people up there at the front. And so we just start praying. I just kneel down and start praying. And that's, I really didn't know what was happening then. But I remember calling my husband the next day and I just said, I don't really know what's happening, but, I, but I'm feeling this, this call and it might be the ministry. I have talked to some people and I sat down with some people and, and processed it um, and really did at that time wasn't sure. Um, but I, I said, I don't know, it may be God calling us to seminary or I don't know. And so. We just started walking through that. That was in 2015. Um, in January of 2016, I started online seminary classes for a Master of Divinity with Fuller University. Um, my husband wanted me to do seminary rather than the POS program, which POS program is great. Um, and so I did a year of online and then we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, me, a little country girl moving to Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> and I finished my master of divinity there, uh, and was in class. I like to be in class with people instead of the online. I'm not so much uh, into the online. Um, so that was just a journey. And, um, and so that's when I, you know, entered into met with this, you know, met with a session here, uh, and at, covenant church and you know told them i really didn't know what was happening but we were we were just seeking god and following his lead um and then you know entered into the committee with the presbytery and you know that's a journey in itself oh yeah yeah you know we're still in that we're still we're still seeking that we are but the thing Another thing that I've learned is, you know, I used to just agonize over whether I was in God's will. Mm -hmm. Am I in God's will? Is it God's will that I make this decision? But I've come to the point that I under, that I have, a, you know, he's taught me that that's his job to reveal to me what his will is. I mean, he's the leader. He's the, he's my father. He's the one to say, hey, Kathy, let's do this, uh, you know. And it's, but it's my responsibility to com commune with him in a way that I can hear his voice, that I can hear, that I can hear those nudges, uh, that I can get that unease when he wants, you know, maybe something else is, is, and is so, in his design. And so our posture changes. Yes. But we can be content in where we are right now. And that's, you know, he's, I'm content in where he's placed me right now. I'm not, I'm, I've had, and it's been a learning lesson for me who, who I'm always wanting to be doing is to just rest in where we are right now. Sometimes we forget to sit in the real, the now, and we're, and we're always looking forward 
we're looking ahead instead of just entering into this space where God has put us right now and just living it to the fullest. And that's something that he's still teaching me. Oh yeah. Me, me too. Definitely. That's, that's a hard one for me. Yes. And then Kathy finishes, you finish your training, you finish seminary and you're actually ordained really, I guess in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. We wore masks and everything. Didn't we did social distancing and yes. Didn't even know if we would get to, you know, have presbytery that fall. Mm -hmm. So. And you, you started at Covenant as a worship leader in 2021? No, I started, um, started working with the worship team in 2020. Okay. But I was not ordained until October 2020. Kathy, if you were to encounter someone who hasn't made a profession of faith, and you share this enthusiasm that you have for God and, and the, the authenticity and the raw, rawness and the excitement. Um, where would you describe and point them to see God in the world today? I think we see God in the face of the other mm-hmm. in connecting. A lot of times we look for God in maybe what we call a holy place. (laughs) But I found that God is everywhere Mm. and he's in the face of the other. So when I sit down with, you know, I would just encourage people to sit down with the other person, sit down with someone who knows God or maybe doesn't know God and just talk to that person, look them in the eye. See them as the beautiful human being that they're created to be. See them as a a person who is created in God's image, who he has marked for salvation and and discover him in, in that other person. Kathy, what is the church getting right in 2022? And what are we missing as the church? The church has a lot of love. They've been given a lot of love. They see the love that they've been given by Christ. Um, So we have that. And I think people that enter in to most doors hopefully are going to feel that love, that they're going to feel a welcome. But I think a way that we can take that a little further is entering into those people's lives and making a connection with people um, so that they do fit in. And that's something that I've seen. Uh, We have tried some small groups for the first time during COVID, which has made it very difficult um, because we just had a a surge in our church just this last uh, January with the, with the, Omicron, but um, entering into other people's lives gets messy sometimes. But that's what the church is all about. And that's what Jesus was all about. I mean, he entered into the mess. And so I think that's, that's something that, that we can grow in as a church is just getting into the mess (laughs) and, and loving people and, and being loved because Oh my gosh, that's when, I mean, you just, every person that I've ever sat down with and heard their story, I was blessed. And so I feel like, I feel like I walk away where that I received more than I gave. And that's the way God works. That's, that's the, (laughs) that's the way God's uh, math system works. You get, you get more than you give. I think we, we enter into the mess and we also acknowledge that we are messy mm-hmm. and imperfect and, oh, yes. and maybe not, maybe not hide that mess quite as much because yes. it's going to come out anyway. Only so much can fit underneath the sofa metaphorically <laughs> or in yeah, the hallway closet. 
Yes. Be real. The world needs to see some realness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know we've bounced around in this conversation, Kathy. We uh, have. Before I'll we probably cl- just bounced. No, no, no. You're doing great. I wanted to give you the opportunity. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you would love to share? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, before we drop off, Kathy, uh, how can others follow you on your faith journey? You've lived an exciting life. You've got some great insight and wisdom, and I've, I've even jotted down some of the things that you, you've shared because um, it really resonated with me. Uh, folks wanted to reach out to you. Where can they find you? Well, our church has a, a website. It's Covenant Church of Ada, all together, covenantchurchofada.com. And we have, like, um, it'll have all of our messages on there and uh, where, you know, people can go back and listen to some of our services. Uh, Dewan's an awesome preacher. And uh, and I preach uh, on occasion, so that is a blessing. We also have a Facebook page that is public. It's Covenant Church at Covenant Church Ada. And those are two good places to find Kathy. And I thank you so much for your time and opening up my eyes about worship and the different ways that God can speak to you and becoming aware. One of the things that you said is becoming aware of of missing that closeness with God. I had to jot jot that one down. So I really do appreciate your time and you sharing your faith journey. Thank you, TJ. It's been good to be with you today. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with me on the next journey down Cumberland Road.